This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. The winner for the U.S. Dramatic Audience Award is Joel Hilton. Hey! The winner for the Short Film Jury Award is Jacob Rogers. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And the moment we've all been waiting for, the winner for the World Cinema Documentary Special Jury Award for Impact for Change is... Kenton! We all got an award. These are really exciting awards, guys. I didn't even vote for you, and you still won. (laughs) I voted for myself. Welcome to Bakersfield. I'm Joel, the winner. I was going to say something. You won, you won for I dramatic? Won yes. But the audience chose you because you're a fan favorite. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, the fan yeah, favorite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jake, you got short film because what you say is short. Oh, I like it. And sweet. And in film. And film me. Yeah. It's always filmed. Yeah. I interrupted you guys. So I'm you filming right now. Oh, yeah. We said our names. Okay. Probably. No, I We'd like to thank you. <laughs> it did not happen. We need to do this. It didn't happen. I'm We've Joel. Been recording a few shows. I'm Kent. And Jake. There we go. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our 2020 predictions, where we predicted everything from celebrity deaths to fast food trends. Yes, we did. And uh, it'll we, all become true. I was going to say Sam Ma. You guys know Sam, friend of the show. Hey, Sam. He said uh, three movies. XOXO, he, Sam. He made some predictions of himself. He said three movies he wanted to flop, Birds of Prey, No Time to Die, and Minions, The Rise of Gru. And he said the one that will flop will be The New Mutants, the one that was supposed to come two years ago. Correct. And then the five movies he most anticipated were uh, Black Widow, Wonder Woman 1984, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Quiet Place Part 2, and Tenant. So I think Sam is a uh, In order of descending yeah. interest, probably. I think we're going to... I think everyone should listen to us about the NBA Finals and the World Series because we picked the two finalists in the Super Bowl. But this is gonna yeah, this will air just before the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So we're, we're still right. Yeah, yep. we're still right for now. And lunch is on. It's on it the is. line. The lunch is Because Ken and I made a bet about 49ers and Chiefs. Yes. Go Chiefs. Sporting. Chief life, Chief Life. <laughs> I can't stop. take it seriously when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but what did Joaquin Phoenix say about his girlfriend? Uh, filthy dragon. Yes, filthy dragon. Yeah. There uh, you and go. then uh, we'd like to also give a thank you to patrons who patronize Bacon Sale. Uh, there was a bacon a bacon bit past week that was monumental uh, <laughs> regarding Kent's uh, dating life. If and you're not on Patreon right now, it costs three dollars to listen to this episode. Yeah, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> like and plus I, you get a ton of other I actually, stuff. Yeah. But I it's don't worth it just want, for that. I don't want anyone to listen. But if you want to join, sure. Let's just say that um, we mentioned this on the bacon bit, but I want to mention it again here, just in case people didn't listen to the gentleman review, is that Kent earned a pitch show. I did. From that bacon bit. This because is a of the big deal, honestly. There. This is a big deal. I wait for these moments. Joel only lets me have them once a year. I know. It's like Maybe. Joel has a moment of like weakness or he really wants something to happen. And he just like, it's like laying this little like golden nugget in front of him. Yeah. And Kent like grabs it up. Like uh, I couldn't help it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say it was like a half hour long uh, extra episode, basically, of us mm-hmm. just talking and, and Kent uh, letting us into his dating life. Longest bacon uh, bit You ever. can hear it actually at patreon.com slash bacon sell if you're a patron of bacon. So. Indeed. But we also want to give a, a thanks to our uh, some iTunes reviews we got. I want to, I want to read a couple here to you All right, guys. let's hear it. Are you ready? I'm ready. This one's from Dragao Verde, which means green dragon in Portuguese. I like huh. that. I don't know who this person is, but I like their name. They're the green jacket. He said, a friend introduced me to this podcast, and while some episodes might be rated three or four stars, this podcast on the whole is definitely five stars. Oh, thank you. I recommend this show to anyone who likes movies, music and movies, music outside of movies, and eating fast food. We all do it. Don't try to pretend that you think fast food is gross. Correct. It is also family friendly, <laughs> so it is easy to listen to with your kids and your parents without any cringeworthy moments. So thank you, Drago Verd. Very kind Sometimes of you. Sometimes we try to make Other it than cringeworthy. Other three or four star thing. I'd <laughs> yeah. like to know what episode he's talking about there. <laughs> well, he gave us I a do. five overall. I do. Uh, we <laughs> we also have one. Wants. This is from Joe Cool Redux. 
and it said, you guys are awesome. The ranking shows get me way too upset, especially over breakfast food. What is wrong with me? But I digress. From the movie opinions to the quiz shows, this is a great way to spend a couple hours. Plus, having spent some time with them, I can say they're generally good guys. Aw. I thought that Tender. was nice. Do we rank breakfast food? Uh, cereals. We tiered them. Oh, cereal. Cereal, yeah. yeah. And then finally, one more for this time. Uh, this is from T-Train11. Hey, actually, we need to rank breakfast food, like for real breakfast Well, it's going to be pancakes versus waffles. Ooh, that would be okay. That would one. be yeah. okay. Uh, this is from T-Train11, and they said, been listening to Bake Itself for about three or four reels three or four years now really enjoy just the creativity of what they think of from their bracket shows to Jake's survival shows. I don't have much time for podcasts these days, but I make time for bacon sale. Oh, that's nice. Definitely recommend checking out these three dads having just having fun with pop culture. A plus because we all know that's the superior rating system. Like Karate Kid 2 is the better Karate Kid movie. Kent, did you write this? I wrote this. I'm surprised you chose to read this one, Joel. <laughs> Sometimes I don't read these ahead of time. I'm just sitting there I'm like, is it a slam against me? No, I totally agree. I should have cut that one short. But no, thank you, T-Train 11. Thank you, everyone. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We enjoyed that Actually, as well. Th- there's no such thing as A plus. That's a fake yeah. grade. There's no a plus a is the top you can go there's also no thing as itunes anymore isn't it is an apple podcast now yeah i believe so and you can give us a review on google play music or stitcher or wherever else you find us give us a review yeah. it helps it helps our visibility it helps us show up on other people and it gives us some credibility as well so absolutely thank you. but that's not what we're talking about today what are we talking about today jacob uh we're going to talk about this uh weird little town in the mountains of utah and uh and how they they do like artsy film there or something i think i'm it's glad called... you went there because i thought you were going to talk about some cult thing yeah, or some I ritualistic think... thing that happened is it is that what this, I, it kind it of is what actually. i was talking about yeah it's this little thing called sundance if you haven't heard the of that sundance film festival yeah so uh this is the episode of what in the world is sundance yes and i'm gonna the, take a, the captain's city? chair it's a resort but I'm sure they're going to name it uh, the city after it. No, it's near Provo, the Sundance Mountain Resort. Yeah. And that is, uh, it's weird because that's kind of far away from Park City where Sundance is generally held. Yeah. Now, the Sundance Film Festival. As you were saying, is. Ken, you're taking the captain's chair primarily on this one because mm-hmm. you've been to Sundance. Several times. A number of times. How oh, many times like, did you say? Yeah, many. As a critic, six times, a general audience goer, five times before that. So it's been over a decade wow. that I've been going. And I've never been. I've seen movies come out of there. I've, I've heard buzz about it. My friends go there and like will drive people around and get But, inter- but why them. haven't you gone? Like I actually want to know why you hesitate going because it's he- my religion. It no, is. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there are reasons not to go. Oh, here's the reasons I don't go. Yeah. The reasons I don't go is number one, it's cold. Yeah. Number it's two, January. It's crowded and crazy and expensive. And number three, I have no idea what kind of content is going to be in these movies. Well, that's true, too. And also, it's inconvenient, like timing-wise. It's like, hey, you want to go to this? Stop working. <laughs> yeah, take all out you, work. Yeah, and yeah. every point is right. All you know about these movies is one sentence and maybe a, pic, a still from the movie. That's it? You don't know if there's someone running around naked the entire movie. Like, you just don't know. No. which has happened at times in these films. But it's it's sad for me because I love going to a movie having no idea what it's going to be about and being pleasantly Yeah, surprised. no trailers or anything. Yeah, just like, okay. But when the content can be literally anything. But when it can be it literally be. anything. It's like, yeah. oh, I didn't expect this like movie. Like the Daniel Rad- Radcliffe, uh, like... Oh, the, the... The lifeboat farting thing. The movie is called Swiss Army Man. That's what it is. Yeah. Also known as the lifeboat farting thing. <laughs> That's how I and remember. No, when I, saw like, that, I can't even imagine. You do you like remember how incredulous like, I was when what? I saw that movie? Yeah, you came out of it like like just and mouth like, a game. That didn't happen. I, I didn't just see that happen. Mm-hmm. 
And people walked out of that movie. There are times... When Daniel Radcliffe is a, a corpse for the entire movie, basically. Yes, and he is meant to be a Swiss Army tool to yeah. use to help this castaway survive. Yeah, turning into a jet ski, turning into a, like, all the sorts of a things. A compass, you name yeah. it. Just the weirdest stuff. But sometimes they're going to pick films, and th- I think this is their intention. Filmmakers try to push their films that they that will eventually win awards, but firstly, make money. Well, let's bring it back a bit. Yeah. Yes. Let's bring it back. The year is 1978. Tell us more. No one on Baconsill had been born yet. They started a film festival in Salt Lake City called the Utah slash U.S. Film Festival, which is a very catchy name. Very catchy indeed. But it was an effort to attract more filmmakers to Utah. And the first one featured, they actually showed older films like Deliverance, uh, Streetcar Named Desire, Midnight Cowboy, uh, those types of movies. But like Just, well-known films, which I well-known thought was weird. It was kind of like, hey, a little film festival to get people excited. We're going to yeah. be showing these classic films. And uh, then they decided they were also going to be start showcasing strictly American-made films and highlight the potential of independent film and increase indiv- uh, increase visibility for filmmaking in Utah. It's interesting that it was American films only because the way the festivals become, which is all inclusive, mm-hmm. half the award categories are for world cinema. Yeah, really? for, yeah. And so it's strange that it was strictly for American. But granted, you know that's the origin. So yeah. who am I to argue with? But that's just it. So initially. It wasn't called Sundance. It wasn't in that, at the Sundance Resort. Robert Redford had nothing to do with it. It was his company. The guys at his company kind of created it, but that was it. But then they got him involved as kind of a name of being like, oh, Robert Redford's involved. Yeah. And then they decided to name in 1991. So this is, it was oh, founded. that's a long yeah, time later. 78, founded in 1991. The festival was officially renamed the Sundance Film Festival because, Jacob, do you know? No. It's called because of the character, the Sundance Kid from Butch oh, Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Of course. I so Robert that. Redford's name is attached to it in a way, mm-hmm. but that became... He was thinking the Butch Film Festival. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It, yeah. Well, technically... Kate loves attending that one as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to get too technical, too. <laughs> that's year. a Tooele. The, the Sundance <laughs> Institute uh, is what uh, kind of yes. formed the Sundance Film Festival. So like... They, they kind of took on the name of the Institute, which is also named after Robert Redford. And it, it was at that point in 91 when they made it about world cinema. So uh, U.S. Mm-hmm. and world cinema altogether. And since then, since 91, it takes a, uh, it takes place in January, usually in Park City and uh, Salt Lake City, sometimes in Ogden. I've seen a yeah, screen Yeah, used there. to be Ogden. Yeah. Unfortunately, it isn't anymore. And, and at the Sundance Resort. Right. Which is, uh, like you mentioned, up by Provo. Yes. So, and this year, it's actually, it started on January 23rd, and it's going through February 2nd. So, it runs a little over a week. Yeah. It's about a week and a half, the last day they have awards, and then they'll show the best best films for the last day. But you said you wanted to know why I didn't go. Yeah. In 2016, 46,000 people attended. Guess how many went in in 2018. Oh, no. How many? 125,000. Oh, my gosh. Insane, right? Yikes. So, parking is a joke. I'll get there. Getting tickets is a joke. I'll get there. When you say you'll get there, you mean later in the podcast. Like yes, you'll get there uh, yeah, get yeah. tickets. I'll yeah. get there, I hope. <laughs> no, <laughs> One if, day. If you're a regular person just trying to buy tickets, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. like going to San Diego Comic-Con tough because the, the side is crashed and everything. And it's getting well, tougher all the time, apparently. Well, and it used to be, like I said, another reason, it was cold. It used to be held like midsummer as this film festival. Midsummer, indeed. Yes. Yeah, midsummer. But then actually uh, someone involved said that they wanted to put it in the winter because then they said, hey. Yeah, Sidney Pollack, the yes, director. And yeah. he said, hey, it's ski season. Yeah. This can bring more tourists. Makes yeah. sense. Good for ski season. Good for film festival. It was kind of a slower time of year. Award season. Why not do it? Right. And so then they moved it to the wintertime. So it's freezing cold. And usually we'll storm pretty big at least once while people are there. So you talked about how this was meant to highlight independent film. 
Yes, initially. Do you guys look at Sundance now as an independent film festival? Kent, could you define mm-hmm. independent film? I can indeed. Yes, I'll save my answer to that in a moment. Because some people, I think we're, we're going to kind of do this. this. So we say indies. We don't really call it independent film anymore. We say, oh, it's, indie you know, film. it's an indie movie. Which you probably heard that term. And like we said, we're going to be kind of discussing Bouncing basics here. Yeah. But because some people may not even know what an independent film is. Yes. So we're here Sometimes to educate. People think, think of so. indie films as like everyone's sad and it's really like French surrealism. Or some yes, yeah, but that's not the case. Did you know, by the way, Jacob, that right. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets is an indie movie? What? And you saw the the budget on that thing? A budget of a hundred and eighty million dollars. Paid for that? It, so a let me crazy describe person. Oh, let me describe why that is. So it's a feature film or short film that is produced outside the major film studio system. The filmmaker got their start with a small production company uh, that gets enough investment to make the movie. So basically. The director of that, who directed Valerian, he, he uh, Luc Besson, he got yeah, the yeah. money himself because he's Luc Besson. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to make this movie for $175 because I got the money from investors or myself. Did and it's considered... Him, did that make the money back? No, it did no. not. And if you, if so you don't know, this is, like, this is like a high budget sci-fi movie that came out, what, two years ago? One yes. year ago? Yeah. Um, so this is, this is a bigger budget movie, but it's still an independent film because it's not made by... So, like Walt Disney Studios, uh, Warner Brothers, Columbia Pictures, yeah. Universal Pictures, and Paramount Pictures. Like so those are the big five right now. In contrast, normal movies we see and we talk about and we review every week, they're created, funded, and distributed by studios for the full process. So it's it's their baby from start to end, right? right? From cradle to grave. Whereas indie movies is like, please buy my movie and distribute it. And it's still, even though Disney may buy it, Netflix may buy it, still considered an indie film because they only distributed it and that was it. And maybe paid a couple million. Because a studio, what a studio offers is they said, we'll give you space to film, we'll give you equipment, we'll even, you know, work with actors and things like that and try with our agents and things like that. So they kind of give this whole package deal. It's like an all-inclusive resort if you go to a studio. Whereas if you go to an indie film, you're basically going out to camping. You are going yourself. Right. You are building your stuff. You are putting up your own tent. That's what independent film was initially. Yes. And still is many times. It still is, uh, but it's changed, right? It went from this low pro- profile event for you know, independent cre- creators. You know this was a, an independent film? What? 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Was it? New Line Cinema mm-hmm. was considered, it wasn't one of the big major studios. It was this total side studio. Mm-hmm. But then it became, Ninja Turtles became the most, inde- the most successful independent film in box office history at that point. That's crazy. So they, when we say independent film, I don't, love indie film about, yeah. <laughs> about turtles. turtles that know karate. <laughs> but that's what I mean, by like, ooze. Like you said, it has the stigma of like, oh, independent film. It's going to be like some person snow, smoking for a half hour and yeah. that's the movie. Right. But this, there's actually some loves that one, well done movies. And you were going to talk about later on some very popular movies that came out of independent film and even Sundance. Right. But a lot of the hype, a lot of the news stories you're going to see, or if you go to any online movie site, they're like, we're at Sundance with the stars, right? They're always looking for the A-list or B-list stars who are in these movies. It's not really the vision of Sundance, but mm-hmm. it's kind of how it's a perception of it now. Well, Joel asked me what I, if I thought Sundance was independent movies, right? Is that yeah. the question? Uh, I don't know if I asked that question, but let's go with that, Jacob. It was something like that. And then maybe it was Kent that asked. Anyway, mm-hmm. for me, Sundance now is it's like it's the it's the platform to jump off of to like re-identify yourself, yes. right? Like in, in terms of like optics, like, the actors. like starting fresh. Yeah, for actors. It's so like a like place actor- for actors to like go in and be like, I can also do this. I have depth. I so have for range. example, a comedian gets stuck in a rut and then he says, I'm going to do an independent film, have released a Sundance where I'm like a dramatic drug addict. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So precisely. is that a real example? I, I'm guessing. We could yes. fi- probably find several. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like I'll go up there. One hour photo. Robin Williams. Yeah, there you go. Is that a Sundance? 
I it's don't. Indie. I'm pretty know sure it's it probably is. Looking now, doesn't matter. But. but yeah, I'll go up there, and it's so crowded because there are people that go up and carpool and walk Main Street, and they're trying to see stars. But if you go there on Main Street in Park City, there's lounges set up by companies that are sponsoring the event. Have nothing to do with movies. It's mm-hmm. totally a Sundance film. Is it yeah. perfect? That's funny. Um, there's paparazzi everywhere, mm-hmm. and there's people taking pictures. Would you say there's more paparazzi than celebrities? Yes. Okay. Yes. And celebrities don't really want to be bothered. They're walking from building to building. In the freezing cold. In the freezing cold. And they're just trying to look all shabby so they don't really get noticed. But and sometimes they'll talk to people. What, what are they doing there? I mean, their movie's going to be showing maybe, or they're just there to see a movie. But when they're walking, where are they going? What are they doing? They wanna, I think it's like they want attention, but they're like, come on. No, don't, don't notice me. <laughs> But there's some people there who really do hate that kind of exposure. They don't want people to talk to them, and they'll walk right by. Then them. why go to? And they will not get selfies. Why go to? They want to. They want because to it's an it's a networking hub, and well, I, and there is actual real independent films like people that are trying to get started. Right. Well, I mean, so this is part of the thing. Is like the festival has actually noticed this, and in the past ten years, they've said uh, we're going to start a focus on film campaign because this is still about getting emerging filmmakers yeah, to break yeah. big, right? Yeah. And so they've tried to do make that happen. Granted, it's still A-list and B-list stars that are there. There's dance clubs, several, every night where mm. the stars go and hang out, right? And like you go there too, right, Ken? Yeah, Ken's I did. There. I actually did. You a have few gone times. with the dances yeah. there? Yeah. What's it like? Um, it's What's it like watching you dance? Oh, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went... I missed Joseph Gordon-Levitt by about 10 minutes. Oh, oh he was there? Yeah, he was there. Oh, Ken, I'm so sorry. Do you need a hug? I do need a hug, I bet you're actually. pretty sad about that. Yeah, I, I tried to chase him. I stayed no. with you. Joel's Joel, coming over don't, don't do it, to Joel. give me a hug. Oh, Joel's really doing it. Right now. Oh, oh no, my gosh. Things. He broke uh, everything. Knocking, okay, uh, okay, here okay. we go. It's a Joseph Gordon-Levitt hug. It's a Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, hug. Let the record show. Joel literally went and hugged him. I'll take it. Yeah, you know, it was just crashed the whole. Especially bacon after certain bacon bits lately, Can, I'll you looked, take it. You looked a little rigid, though. Honestly, well, you didn't I just really didn't know what was happening, and I, I loved it. Oh, it's okay. I yeah, I figure out how to put my headphones back on. <laughs> he was a little afraid you might do something. <laughs> Whisper, sweet nothing's try, in my ear. Try so, okay, then, so, but yeah, you go to these things. But is it like is it a church dance? Like kind of awkwardly? No, no, no. It's or? clubbing. Like there are actual like Snoop Dogg will be there, right? There will be Cascade, Maroon Five. Like there are big acts playing. Everything's an open bar, and everyone is getting pretty wasted. wasted. Exactly. And then they all go crash at their hotel. And truthfully, like the celebrities, and we'll just jump there since we're here. Yeah, celebrities are there to network with other directors, with other actors, with possible companies to uh, give them endorsement or endorsements. Right. And to just sell their movie for the first weekend. For example, like the first weekend mean the first, first weekend days. of Sundance, it's the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if you're looking to spot a celebrity, those are the days to the go. The only four days you're going to see them. Interesting. Like honestly, I tend to go just after those four days because I care to go see the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm there for film. Guys, I missed Joseph Not- Gordon-Levitt by 10 minutes, but I was there for the film. I was at that dance It's going to be on his, like, his gravestone. I missed Joseph Gordon-Levitt by, by 10, 10 minutes. minutes. <laughs> that's going to be on my grave? Yeah, that's, that's your claim to fame. Actually, <laughs> actually yeah. I'm still sad about it. it I'll take a Joel. I'll take a whole hug after the show, Joel. Now, when you say go there... 
like that's where you're going to see celebrities. Yes. Where are we talking Park City or are we talking Sundance Resort? Two ways. Well, there's more than two ways. But if you want to spot a celebrity, if that's the reason you're going, which disagree with, but that's okay. But it's, here's the thing. It's like a zoo. You go there once you see you're like, oh, I know that. I know that person. And yeah. it's kind of cool to do, even if you have to brave the cold and the traffic and all that. So first, I would say your best chances are to go to a Park City live concert. They're generally free and it's mm-hmm. always a bigger band. It doesn't even have to be a club thing. It could be an actual like. Is there a specific band. venue for this or is it like... Uh, Park City Live is the name of the place. Okay. It's in Park City then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's actually in Sundance. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa, uh, you don't know, confuse Sundance people. Mountain Resort, no. But go to one of those. Uh, you'll see a lot of actors who just want to hang out and network and, and not want to be bothered. But My still. knowledge of Park City is basically the outlet stores. Is it yeah. near that? <laughs> no. Oh, dang it. It's about 10 miles away. Oh. Yeah, it's and it's right in this really congested area. You'd hate it. I would. Main Street is the second option and that's... Where most people, I think, try to stay this the whole day walking up and down Main Street, and it's kind of a hill, and they just want to spot celebrities walking out of any screening because there's about two theaters on that street a and a desperate. bunch of bars. It sounds like a it's, really it's 100 desperate. People do though. People love it, and for the selfies and whatnot and mm-hmm. Facebook no, posts. You say two or three theaters. Yes. Are there multiple theaters just in all Park around City? Park City? There's about seven that they use for Sundance. Some are schools. Oh, summer! It's a there's a library. There are designated so like theaters like the, Egypt, to do the Egyptian is the most famous one up Not there. Not the one in Ogden. Not the one in Ogden, and so yeah, they, and they'll close like the junior high or whatnot. Jeez, and so it's it's just everywhere. There's a hotel where they have a screening room as well. Okay, so any place so they have a screen big, and, and chairs, varying sizes. So like around, I was because I was going to ask if they have those theaters. What do the theaters do the rest of the year? That's but it makes sense. That there are other other buildings, right? Okay, exactly. So you walk walk around Main Street and you will see celebrities. A lot of the time, especially if you go the Saturday, the first Saturday of the festival. Who's the biggest celebrity you've seen at Sundance Film Festival? I missed Joseph Gordon-Levitt by 10 minutes. <laughs> Not that one awesome. you actually saw. Uh, so I don't do Main Street because it's congested. I'll actually avoid that street when I see movies, too, because but I mean, even, you can't I, get through. I'm talking even after a screening where they do Q&As and stuff like that. And that's where I was going. Oh, okay. The third place to spot a celebrity is actually going to a screening and especially early on. You're going to see the director for sure, especially in Park City, too. The director. No, not director. And, real celebrities. And, oh, <laughs> these are real celebrities. Like Paris Hilton. Those types of celebrities. Yeah, oh, yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah. Ones that have nothing to do with the festival. That's That was one of the big things, actually. Paris Hilton was called out as like, why is Paris Hilton here? Yeah. That's when they said that, that the festival kind of lost its way. Yeah. And it's a guarantee you're going to see like Paul Rudd every single year. Hey, you guys, you guys like uh, You're going to see Sundance? Elijah Wood like walking around. Sundance. It's yeah. great. It's yeah. Great. And just nice. you're going to see that type of folk. It's cold out here. Yeah. <laughs> kind of cold. It's, it's cool. It's kind of cold. It's got, I should have worn a coat. <laughs> Light jacket, maybe at least. But yeah, I'm trying to think of, because that's where I've seen the celebrities. I've seen casts and it's probably like Alison Brie. And You've seen Alison Brie in person? Yeah. For little hours. When I saw that one for a little hour, little, uh, yeah, little hours, little hour for, I saw her for a little <laughs> hour, but, uh, yeah, I generally will go when just the directors are doing the QA. And for mm. me, that's what I care about you because they're going to talk about snub. I really am. You are such a film snob. Yeah. I'm not here for celebrity. I'm, that said, if I went I'm here to for Alison Brie, I think Emily, Emily Mackey, yeah. who is doing Sundance with me this, this coming week, friend of the show, she is hey, going to several early shows, which she is going to this week as well. And she went to Lifeboat Farting movie, and I believe she saw <laughs> love that Paul one. Dano and Daniel Radcliffe and the directors there. Yeah, and yeah. so she she'll generally do that. And I'm like, you're so lucky. But I'll usually go later when the, just the directors are trying to hype their movies. Right. That said, wait, wait, wait. Yes. So you're saying they're not showing the same movie? They're not. Showing oh, okay. The, Next. Yeah, I'm confused by that because you said that they're showing the movies multiple times, or are they? It's a week and a half. 
And there are 118, 120 movies generally. My gosh. They show these movies approximately five to six times throughout that week and a half. Wait, so one movie is shown five times Correct. during that week? Yes. So wow. there will be a premiere generally in Park City, and then they'll show it around Salt Lake maybe twice, Park City a few times, and it's various times. It could be but eight in the morning. It could be 12 at night. Do you find that these are all sold out shows? Uh, depending on the time. If you see a, like a midnight show, you could probably get in, especially if it's in Salt Lake. And so if I want to give like a guide to people mm -hmm. and like how to see a movie, Salt Lake is your best bet. Because all these elitist and festival types who are far more bougie than I am. <laughs> like you go and they're all wearing North Face bougie. vests. And they're like, mm, I just saw the most interesting short film. I'm not here for the actors. Yeah. <laughs> it showed a pinky toe Go the entire die, time. Have you I'm seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I, I fear I missed him <laughs> 10 minutes ago. You missed Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> uh, but that's... Okay, so all the movies that play at the resort and at Park City will end up at Salt Lake? Yes. Oh, that's yes. interesting. Well, that's very convenient. Very convenient. Those are still hard to get into. Uh, and I could give some tips, or do you want me to talk about like how films are chosen first? Let, let, yeah, let's talk about how films are chosen yeah. first. Okay. Let, let's, let's, it's, that seems like a chronological thing to do. You're an indie filmmaker, right? Uh -huh. Both of you guys Yes, know. I am. Because you've made YouTube videos. I've seen your patron videos. You mm -hmm. do a great job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. And submitting so, it to Sundance. Two years ago, there were almost 4,000 feature-length movies submitted. Jeez. So, like, please choose my movie for Sundance. And there was almost 9,000 short films. They have to screen all those movies, the Sundance Committee, mm -hmm. get them down. And so only 110 feature films were chosen that year. That's a 3% chance. Who chooses? I actually did the math here. The exactly. committee. I know, but like, how is this made? But what do like, you mean? Like they have the committee of the Sundance people like in the yes. Sundance Institute. So it's like an so they ongoing watch movies. committee and they watch, they watch they 4,000 movies. All these movies and they say, okay, that's distinct enough. They're like, can you Daniel Radcliffe that's the one we want in. <laughs> 100%. Well, here's the thing. Can yeah. you imagine though, like how many crud movies these guys have to sit through and be like oh, yeah that's there's no way that's going to make it in like i wonder if they actually sit through all of them or if they get like five minutes and be like nope that's gonna off. be a weird experience too because it's like garbage oh my gosh this is well, so bad and then and, it's like and know gold. this this is gold you may be the first one in the world other than the filmmakers family to see this movie and maybe the crew yeah that's interesting and so it is a big they're like going through the it's garbage a lot of pressure looking for something good yeah. it's true yeah. and so there's a three percent chance of being chosen which is an indie filmmaker, maybe you feel like that's worth it. You're probably submitting your movie to every festival you possibly can. And there are a Sundance lot is the of big one. Though. Yeah, Sundance is the biggest one in the United States. But then it's a game of numbers. You get to Sundance, and I've seen several movies that I'm like, oh, that was okay. It was like a C plus. And I you never hear of it again because mm -hmm. no one picked it up, no one paid money, yeah. no cable channel wanted to stream it well, at all. We should probably clarify that too, is that yes. in the filmmaking process, there is production, which is like, you know, what a studio does. It also helps with distribution, which means getting it out to all the theaters. Right. And so a lot of times what happens at Sundance is that you put your show out there because you've already made it. You've already blew that budget, but you don't have the money for distribution worldwide or yes. nationwide. And so you're like, you put your movie out there on a pedestal and be like, please distribute my movie. Yes. And so like someone like Fox Searchlight, whose sole purpose is to look at these types of indie movies and say... That's right. a movie we Think want about to distribute. Think about like scouts watching a, a college game. Wow, two shows in a row with I know. sports references. Did you hear me st uh, stammer over it's, that, with though? Sports it's like those uh, scouts. Sports. Boy yeah. scouts. Yeah, boy scouts. Yeah, it's basically like that. It's like we've made a product. Who wants to put this in all the stores? It's interesting, though. I've noticed in the past five years, all of these major companies, Fox Searchlight, 
Disney, Netflix and Amazon are huge players into the game right now. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, we've got a lot of money to spend and we need content. And it becomes a race. So much (laughs) that it gets them into trouble because they will be talking about a few failures. Mm -hmm. Like they paid way too much for a certain movie that flopped. Right. And they'll say... I want to buy your movie, Young Filmmaker, for $9 million. And this filmmaker's probably like, it cost me $100,000 to make. Yeah. That's awesome. And then all of a sudden, Amazon's like, we'll give you $13 million. And it just, it's, that's the game. But and that's, that's just it too. It's like these guys walk into the film festival with nothing but maybe their, their digital camera they, they spend yes. all their life savings on and they walk out millionaires. It's crazy. It's insane. And then it's kind of out of their hands. Like, because it's been purchased, mm-hmm. they made their money. And it's up to the studio to make money from there and promote it as they will. Mm-hmm. Generally, when these studios buy a movie, they'll, it's weird, the timing, but they'll put it like in the middle of summer, generally. A lot of them will save them till yeah. the end of the year because they say, for example, when Manchester by the Sea came out, that was an, uh, an, a movie Amazon bought from Sundance. Mm-hmm. They said the performances are so good here. We're going to release this in November. No, it's almost a full year after a screen for normal Because November is the time when people are starting to think about Oscars. Yes. And it was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, that makes sense. Best Actor. And it won Best Supporting Actress on that one. But I mean, you, Kent, as as a critic, maybe not even you. I'm talking maybe the lay public. People who don't have a platform such as Bacon Sale upon which to give their reviews of these movies and films. Sorry, films. But the general public, when they go to see this, is it really just to say, I saw it first? Is that really why they go to these? It's zeitgeist. Because that's just it. It's like, well, if you see this movie and no one ever sees it again, for example, weird. Like, it's, like it's why a, does Emily go? Uh, she just loves movies. She has, movies a, she so has much. A, a Movies in Mayhem. Uh, that's her blog as well. Yeah, yeah but, but there. No, it's a, it's a love. It's a fantastic of, Sundance a, review. It's a love of movies and it is bragging rights in a way. And I'm not saying that's why she goes, but there was a time when she saw The Witch and she goes, oh my gosh, that movie is terrifying. And I'm like, I don't know anything about it. I don't really care. It came out a year later, a full year. Yeah. And then I saw the screening. I'm like, Emily, why don't you tell me about this movie before? And she was like, I did. And it's terrifying. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess boy. it's true. That's a lot of people when they go to when they go in the opening weekend, it's because they want to be first to see it and avoid spoilers and things like that. Yes. So I, I, I get it, I guess. But there's like, for example, last year, there was the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie. And that one was getting all the buzz. Extremely and loud, so, and incredibly awkward and, and evil vile and vile. stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. And everyone wanted to see this because of the buzz it was getting. Mm-hmm. It got really good early reviews. But Zach how does Airbnb it get really buzz good. with a, a line of dialogue and a still from the movie? Because day one, which is the first Thursday, all of a sudden you go to these movie sites or Twitter and people start raving because people get, and I'm, I get the same thing, Sundance goggles. You see a movie and you go, you know what? Definitely not going to be in my top 30 of the year, but that was amazing. <laughs> that was like an A minus. Top 30. And then when you compare it with the rest of the movies of the year, like say you've seen better movies throughout the year, like mm-hmm. eh, it was like a B. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But you get Sundance goggles because you feel Is this because you saw a bunch of crap as well? Well, yes. But, but in January is a pretty crappy but month for movies. But you want it to be amazing. You because, want it to be. Because, because that's part of the experience, truthfully, right? You're like, you worked for this movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's what. You I'll, paid $20. That's what I was going to ask. How much does it cost to get go to Sundance? 20 freaking dollars per ticket. And you don't know how, how this movie is going to be. It you're could paying, be a so, bomb. I mean, yeah. general admission to a movie is 10 bucks. Yes. And you're paying double that for a movie you don't know anything about. And you're waiting in line for about an hour for every single movie if you have a ticket. If you have a ticket, you're still waiting in line for an hour? Mm-hmm. Why? Because people want to be there early. But why? To get a good seat. And if they're late at all, they're not going to make it. If you don't arrive within 15 minutes, like they may let you in, but you may lose your seat. 
There are Even people, if you purchase a ticket? There are little hyenas that are waiting. They call them the wait list. And I know this because I've been part of the wait list many times that they're waiting for people to not show up for the screening that they pay $20 for and waiting. And they're like, okay, we'll take the next one. You're saying $20 is not a guaranteed seat. It is if you show up on time. But that's what I'm saying. Like if you show up late and like they've already... You can't give, get in. And you're $20. They've given your seat away. Gone. Yes. So they lock the doors. Wow. They're like, this is over. Yeah. Like they don't want interruptions. Because almost every one of these I've been to, mm-hmm. full. Every single seat. Wow. And they know it. They're Even like, the no, you can't shows. get in. So I do want to continue with like the rules for movie going because we talked about being on time. Right. Being 15 minutes early. Number one, mm-hmm. download the Sundance Film Festival app. This is advice Not for everyone that is thinking about going to the festival at all. You need the app. Does it give you like all, like, can you get trailers and things like that? Or is it just like poster and like quick description? Or is quick it like just like a, like a organizing map, like trying to figure out what's that going on if, where? Like, for example, you like can GPS book, you can book your here. schedule and it'll say, you have a movie in 15 minutes. Oh. Or you're on the wait list. Is this app free or is it $20? This is free. Okay. And so what I primarily use this for is for the wait list. Does it have a Joseph Gordon-Levitt like GPS tracker on it? Yeah, but so I missed miss that him? download by 10 minutes. <sighs> I know. But download this app. And even if you're someone that, because the Sundance Film Festival comes and goes, it's hard to get tickets. But even if you haven't bought a $20 ticket and you say, I kind of want to go. I'm free this Saturday. I have a couple hours to kill. Maybe wait in line. Get on the wait list and it will say wait list about to open for the next Brad Pitt movie, for example. Mm-hmm. And it says three, two, one. And you click wait list. You, you click enter and you're on the wait list and it will tell you what number you're on the wait list. And if you're anywhere from one to 50. Well, that's cool that it's all digital because I imagine you're like standing outside or something. You're like, well, who's you the first one here? You still kind of have to because mm. once say you're one through 50, there's a good chance you're getting into any screening. If you're under 50. Yeah, but if, if you're, you're 50 to 100. It's less of a chance. And it will tell you, it'll say highly likely, less likely, actually tough. It'll be like, it'll tell you how likely it is again. Yes. And so when you you show up probably at least an hour early and it says, uh, who's number three, get in line here. Like they structure it as far as your wait list number. And then they shuffle you in that way. So get get the app and get on the wait list for any movie. It will still cost you $20. Can I ask you a question? And there's not a guarantee. Uh, Seeing as how this is uh, airing on the Monday after it's already started. Right, right. Is there any chance for anyone listening to the podcast right now to still see a Ooh, movie? Good Absolutely. Question. Yeah? Yeah. Try for Salt Lake, like I said. Okay. And Salt Lake is best because Park City is a beast to travel around. Parking, you can't park at any theater. Where in Salt Lake is it? So Salt Lake, you have the Salt Lake City Library. Okay. Rose Wagner Theater. You have uh, the Grand, uh, which is that high school, right. basically. And uh, the Broadway. So this isn't like one location with all the vent, with all the theaters. No, it's, it's similar to Park City where they're like, eh, we have a movie theater here and here and here, it but just makes not sense. actually movie theaters. Yeah. Right. That makes sense, I guess, because to shut down a movie theater. Yeah. They found a projector in a room. With with your best chances are to go to the Grand uh, in Salt Lake. Right. Like right in the middle of Salt Lake. And there is so much seating there. It just Even seems if you're like, on the wait list, there's a good chance you'll get it. It just seems mm. like some theater, like a, like a megaplex somewhere here, mm-hmm. in, here in Utah. Uh, would be like, okay, uh, let's just shut down for the week of Sundance and people will pay $20 a ticket instead of $10 a ticket. Right. And then just have all the movies in there. I think it would ruin the independent experience. Oh. And I think that's I what they're about going the snobs. for. Yeah, because they're all like, it's a theater for the performing arts. And yeah, we'll play a movie here sometimes, but it's <laughs> it's high concept art. <laughs> so park in Salt Lake because it's easy to park there. Well, mm-hmm. Easy. It's a easier, city, but still. Easier, yeah. Yeah. Park City, you have to park on the outskirts of town. Or at the center, like right when you get into Park City and you'll have to take the shuttle everywhere you go. The okay. shuttles are good, but study the maps when you go. I've got lost a few times and it, it's not great. And okay. then you're walking and 15 minutes. And you have to know your way around. 15 minutes. It's always snowing because the weather's always bad because yeah. that's, that's our lot. It's, it's a ski resort. Yeah. 
And like I said, get there 15 minutes early. Also, really important, unless you just love people watching, go with friends. Like if you're doing a wait list or you're waiting in line for more than an hour. Do you or do this? this? Go or with friends. Yeah. just to spot oh. celebrities. That's true. But, you yeah. know, generally before a movie starts, you're not going to. Right after, you probably will. Good to know. Yes. So if you want to see celebrities, go on the earlier days. Right when the screening ends. And then go in the movie screening. Yeah. And if you don't see them at QA, you know, maybe they're there just leaving their movie and they didn't want to talk. Yeah. Which has happened before. Yeah. Because I've I've had warnings where they're like, this actor's here. And everyone's like, yay. They're like, stick around. And then no one shows up. I've heard, and maybe from you, I don't know if it was from you, but I've heard the way to spot a celebrity at Sundance is look for the mob of people following someone. That's like it. It's just like, you just see these mobs of people moving around. And you're like, who's that? I can't tell who's in the middle there. Who's that? Oh, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, that's kind of yeah. how you just kind of look for these like I've seen mobs. them so many times, I can't even count them. Yeah. Just, I've always kind of wanted to dress in disguise like a celebrity. Like, like just to kind of sunglasses see. and a hat. <laughs> and then yeah, have a little just bit. like a crowd of people follow you. But I'm sure so many people do that as well. Or at least a few people that have no lives. Like, I've never actually been motivated to do it, but I'd like to try. You, you always look afraid everywhere you walk. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like you're afraid like, of oh, paparazzi. Don't, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to wear a ski mask and goggles. Yeah. I think I'll go over And well. a big K- Kentucky Derby hat. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so those are the basic rules. Like I said, parking's an issue. Have cash on hand. Really, cash. really cash. Not car? Because you need... That way, if you get robbed, they no, get no. something No, no. If you make the wait list, for example... mask is robbing Let's say you don't have a ticket. You're in the wait list, and they say, okay, number 42... You get in and you're like, sweet. And they're like, $20, please. And you hand them $20 cash. You don't have, they don't have like the little square thing on top they of their phone? They do not. This it's is so an easy. independent film festival. Oh. And they want it to go as fast as possible. It's literally $20 cash. Wow. So get ready to just shell that out. How much, Are how you much sure? do you spend doing this? Zero. Well, you. I don't spend anything. But I was going to say, if someone wanted to go see. film association yes, or whatever. Yeah, my, my pass gets me where. But you said like they're showing like a hundred and something films. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to possibly be able to see all of them in that no. time, will you? No. But I mean, on average, what do you think the, the lay person would end up spending well, if they want to see as many movies as possible? Also, how many do you see? Okay, so let's talk about passes. Like when I was going just as a, as a, as a normie, as they say, <laughs> I would probably see Level six... Level of snob just increased. No one says that. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, what, that's, what, that's what Kent calls them. Uh, I would see six to seven movies because that was enough. Because life happens and that's just so much time you're dedicating to movies that you may not even remember. 20 bucks a pop, 20 six bucks or seven a pop. movies. Yes. Math? Can you math that? That's about $120 to $140. Hey, well done. There are passes where they guarantee you seats. For example, Emily got one called the Salt Lake Only Pass, where you can see any Salt Lake Pass. You can walk right in the front, choose your seats first. It's $400. Whoa. That's low end. You can see anything in Park City for about $1,200. You can see anything in the festival you want, both places, and that's around three dollars to $4,000. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Who's dropping that kind of cash? Oh, you used to see these people. They're so well, if they're flying these uptight from people, and that's what yeah. a lot of people do. Yeah. This is an event. Would you say that most of the people there are locals that are going to these movies, or do you think people are actually flying into Sundance to see these movies? Most are flying in, but really? Sundance really wants locals to be part of this. They still do want to push that independent flavor. In fact, locals get to buy their tickets first. It's too late this year, but next year... Look on the site and it'll say locals only early bird passes. Hmm. And that is you're going to be everyone in the nation, everyone in the world to get passes because they really want us here in the state to get there first. But why? Just to, why do they know, want to? No, so we actually care to, to demean themselves by being the slack jawed yokel. So the, our, our tax dollars it's, it's go like, to this. Well, yeah, it's yeah. also buying credibility locally, so no one hates it around here. It's like, well, how do we get the local support going so they don't hate us for being? No snobs? one lives at the Sundance Resort. <laughs> just Robert Redford. Yeah, just there. No big deal. Helicopter. But I do want to talk about the kinds of movies that are at the festival. 
the ones that we hear about, they're the U.S. dramatic ones. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that win the big awards, whether it's even the comedies, they still call them the U.S. Dramatic Award. Oh, really? And they'll give like a jury prize and sometimes the audience award. Sometimes they win the same thing because there is voting that how many, takes place. How many categories do you think there are for awards? So there's only a few. And in fact, it's only U.S. Dramatic and Documentary, which is so narrative and documentary, the world narrative and documentary, the shorts, and that's it. And so there are 16 movies. But you can say there's like a, gra- a grand jury, like a jury vote. Like- yeah. And the grand jury is usually filmmakers. Uh, I think Edgar Wright was there last year. But it's, it's like a best overall, right? Yes. And but is that separate from these ones, from these categories? No, these, these would be the categories they vote for the jury awards and the audience oh, awards. Oh, okay. So these awards. Okay. So there are 16 movies in the U.S. Dramatic, 16 in the documentary. And same thing for the world. And so there's Every really, year? There's really only about 50 movies that are actually voted on. Because the other categories, I'll go through them real quick. So do these do these award winners, does it usually line up with like who's bought and yes. such like that? Okay. Yes. Sometimes because badly so. If a movie hasn't okay. been bought the first weekend, like that's usually when you want to be sold. Otherwise, you feel like your chances are low. But sometimes you wait till the end of the festival and you got, I got the audience award. Like people love my movie. They voted on it. You took, The audience votes? Yeah. Oh. So you go to these movies, they give you a piece of paper and you have, it says one, two, three, four on each corner and you tear the number that you like and you hand it in at the end. You put it in a little box. If you've seen four movies. No, no. Based on your rating, one through four. Oh, okay. Like, so wait, wait. What's good? Four is good? Four is great. Okay. Three is like, oh, That's it's good really to know. good. You're like, I love this movie. One, number one. one. <laughs> That's what Golf I rules. <laughs> and so based on that, they do count those. It's like a junior high election, basically. And that will get the audience award. Paper they, voting. Paper, paper voting. money. Yes kind of backwards places yeah, they pay people indie. to count <laughs> like, yeah but, <laughs> it's ridiculous I want that but it's not just the movies so those those ones want to win the awards but there are other movies that can't be voted on and they are there strictly for your entertainment but they're still filmmakers trying to make it big for example there are premieres and it's typically 15 movies and they are established filmmakers like maybe they were at Sundance before maybe they made a big movie before but they just financed their own like sophomore effort right and they'll say hey can i put your in- my indie movie there they'll allow it but the spotlight is very good meaning like they've premiered elsewhere maybe elsewhere in the world mm-hmm. or maybe they're on Netflix like the day before but they're still giving it a theatrical platform and a pre- and a festival premiere a festival premiere my favorite mm-hmm. midnight i could spend this whole time talking about midnight. Most of the movies I'm seeing. This is a category are of film. midnight. Yes. And it doesn't just mean they're playing at midnight because sometimes they play all throughout the day. Okay. But these are. So horror, this is a meaningless title. Well, no, but they're zany. So, for example, horror, over the top comedies, surreal movies, cult classics in the making. These are so all movies like that the are USA weird. Up all night of. Yes. Sundance Film Festival. Yes. Very weird reference. I know. But yeah, 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 it is. But think about any scary movie or any ridiculous movie. It would be. I don't think Swiss Army Man was. But some movies, they're, they're considered midnight. But didn't you say comedies were generally included in the dramatic era? But over-the-top comedies. Okay. Like just ridiculous like stuff. Would, like would, uh, Napoleon Diamond, very famously, is a Sundance movie. No, that was in dramatic. Oh, yeah. interesting. I think it was voted on as well. Really? And then the last one is Sundance Kids. And they're like, for the kids. Because yeah, the other uh, movies, the content is super weird. Because I'm dropping 20 bucks a pop to send my kids to movies that I don't even know. And they'll have like three of these per festival. Huh. Some yeah. anime, some shorts, and some just feature length. So those are the main categories. Like I said, less than half are voted on. Less okay. than half can be considered winners. And when people, when these studios buy movies, out of the 110, you may see 20 that are bought. Maybe 30 tops. 
how many? So we're going from what, like four thousand entries almost to twenty that are bought. Yes, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I know. So for, and think about the, all that submitted too. So like three percent actually make it in, and from that math actually get bought. <laughs> we'll say thirty three percent get bought. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thirty three of that three percent. Oh, of the three. So the one percent, maybe one percent. Gets gets so no, no, you said twenty out of oh guys the math is crazy. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? It's, math on yeah, bacon it's cell. It's like one sixth, yeah. That's crazy though. It's crazy to think about that too. But at the same time, these people basically you know mortgage their home to make a movie, and now they're a legitimate filmmaker. Yes, because they've been bought at Sundance. Now, do the, does the cream really rise to the top in this though? In your opinion, nope. Oh, okay. If a movie wins the audience award and the grand jury award mm-hmm. for dramatic, for exa- for mm-hmm. example. It's probably great and will probably get nominated for a few Oscars. Okay. But sometimes the jury is like super weird and they'll pick Wait, a movie. Oscars, that Oscars, you mean? You really yes. Mean? Yeah. Okay. They'll push it toward the end of the year. Hmm. There are times where the choices are strange and I'm like, I don't agree with that at all. About this movie I really loved and didn't get any love from this grand jury. If they but don't that's get, okay. If they don't get distribution, is there a chance you can get your own copy? Nope. It's just gone. Yes, it's just gone. Nothing but a memory. There, a lot of these movies That's now will very go dramatic. video on demand. You may see it on Vudu, for example. Right. A movie I really liked from last year is called Sweetheart. And and then like 12 people buy it on Vudu. And then, basically, yeah. like it, it's now on Netflix, but it took a year to kind of come around and no one's going to know because Netflix has so many movies that will get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. But still, I'm sure the filmmakers like, yay! I'm on yeah. People can see it. My I know. family can Just see it out there. Yeah, look at our podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Find <laughs> us, yay, listener! If I pushed myself, Kent, if I were dedicated, you could run the four minute mile. How many movies could I actually see in the week? Are we talking without the responsibilities that you have? Meaning, I've taken off work. But I still have to eat and sleep and go to the bathroom. And how much mo- is money not an object? Too? Money this is not so an hypothetical, Joel. Yes. Are you buying the pass? I believe you would see. And are we talking even content? This is you we're talking about. Yeah, this is this is. You're yeah. not offended by I, content, or I, get. I'm okay. basically saying like, how many movies have you really pushed yourself? If if a hypothetical person pushed themselves, how many movies could they see? They could see twenty. You think? Mm-hmm. Out of the 118? Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's so crazy. That's that even a lot of if, choices. Even if you wanted, to, if you were like enthusiastic about this and wanted to see as many as possible, you still only get a fraction of what's out there. Yeah, and you don't know. You're picking and choosing based on a, a one line description in because a pamphlet. It's tough to get around. Whether you're in Park City and try and take the shuttle, and actually, if you do make it to the, well, I'm the a screening, so <laughs> there you yeah. go. See, I fly. We get a little need. cold. Yeah. Yeah. But then you think about, like I said, you think about those people that make it big, and I want right. to talk about some of those if I can. Yes. So there's some directors who got their start at Sundance. Like, Ooh, like who? Like these are these are notable filmmakers who you may have heard of. For example, Kevin Smith. If you don't know who Kevin Smith is, nope. uh, Clerks, Mallrats, Dogma. Clerks was his breakout. Clerks was one that played at Sundance Film Festival, but he's he's kind of a king of the nerds type guy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he actually said that he said <laughs> that the festival has changed so much that if his movie Clerks would have been tried to enter Sundance in the late 2000s, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have got picked. He's probably right. Quentin Tarantino. Got to start at Sundance with Reservoir Dogs. Hmm. Crazy, right? Uh, he's done, you know, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, uh, Hateful Eight. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just yeah. came out. Uh, David O. Russell, who did The Fighter, wow, uh, really? Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle. Paul Thomas Anderson, who did Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, and There Will Be Blood. Steven Soderbergh, uh, he did Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Thirteen, and Logan. And Lucky, you didn't have Lucky to say Logan. the first couple. I did. Yeah. Uh, Darren Aronofsky, Requiem, he did Requiem for a Dream, The Fountain, The Wrestler, Noah, and Mother. Mother. Uh, and then also James Wan, who did uh, Saw, mm-hmm. Insidious, The Conjuring, Aquaman, 
all these directors. That's got a lot their, of folks from Sundance. Yeah, and they, they got their break at Sundance. So pause and rewind. Saw was a Sundance movie. Yeah. Saw. Wow. <laughs> think about Saw. Everyone think, looks, thinks of it as a torture prawn, right? Yeah. And it's not. Prawn? Yeah. That's the, it's the family-friendly way of saying that. Actually, it's an online It's a shrimp. It. It's a shrimp with legs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that movie... It was a midnight movie, debuted at Sundance, and yeah. it was bought immediately. And that movie has spawned seven sequels and a reboot coming out this year. Yeah. Think about that. A wow. weird Sundance horror Not film that, made, for, think, made on the cheap. But think about this. Uh, so James Wan and his buddy, they made a short film that they then turned into the feature-length Saw. Yeah. And now he's directing Aquaman, one of the biggest dollars. movies of the year last year. Yeah. It's just crazy to think about how these... And Quentin Tarantino yeah. has become a household name. So who else? Do you have other directors? Those are the ones I, I wanted to highlight. So there's a few more. Damien Chazelle. Yes. He did Whiplash. So Whiplash oh, was yeah. actually a short he made for Sundance. And then people are like, can we give you some money? Yeah, I'll make a movie. So he, yeah, he yeah, made sure I'll take some Whiplash money. won the I audience and the Grand Jury Award in 2014. Do you have cash? Yeah. <laughs> 20 bucks. Here you go. And then obviously he made La La Land. Uh, Wes Anderson. Got to start with Bottle Rocket, which has Owen and Luke Wilson in it. Yep. And hmm. look at Wes Anderson now. Yep. Richard Linklater. He's a guy that oh, always wow. does Sundance because he loves it. Like it's where his heart is. But he's also made some bigger movies. Coen Brothers. Did you mention them? I didn't. No. They started with Blood Simple That's at the right. Sundance Film Festival. Blood Simple. I still haven't seen that one. Yeah. I need to. First one's still really good. And sorry, this is kind of a cheat because he actually got his start at the Slam Dance Film Festival, which is a spinoff of the Sundance Film Festival. But following, and got Christopher Nolan noticed. And then he's like, oh, I got noticed. I'm going to make a movie called Memento, which is an indie movie. And I'm going to submit it to Sundance, and the rest is history. So Christopher Nolan went to Slam Dance. Yeah, well, he, Slam the Dance worst to name Sundance. Sundance person in Sundance. Well, yeah, they're trying to like totally profit. Oh off man, the dance can, name. I, or Jacob, I had a whole list here of like spinoff festivals, dance. like Slam Dance, No Dance, Slum Dance, It Dance, X Dance, Lap Dance, Trauma Dance. Uh, we're all like spinoffs of this that didn't. Don't happen. ask, Jake. Don't ask. Okay. But do you know who else got their start at Slam Dance? Even though this is not a Slam Dance show. Okay, I want to know. Save where our Slam, slam Dance show. Yeah, yeah. Where's Slam Dance at? Bong Joon Ho, who's uh, directed oh, Parasite. Parasite. The Russo brothers. Oh yeah. And Ryan Johnson. Oh. Well, <laughs> they're all Slam. Well, no, dance, that's because huh? every every single director's got to have their big break. Wait, is this somehow. is this at? I mean, is this is in Utah as well. This where's is Slam it's, Dance. It's is. actually at the same time. It's like counter programming. It's like you it's call yourselves dance. indie. Seriously? Yeah, you call yourselves indie. We're going to double down on the Indian and get weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you, they're also, I mean, we talked about directors, but there's also big movies that so came out. So if you can't get into Sundance, is that what people do? They're like, yes. well, I still got into Slam Dance. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm Christopher Nolan. I got into Slam Dance. <laughs> but then he went to Sundance the next year. But like we talked about Saw, Garden State, very popular Sundance movie. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, we talked about that. Little Miss Sunshine, I think that did get Best Picture nominated. So that movie sold for $10 million. So the, they paid the filmmaker $10 million, even though it had an okay stars in it. Like Steve mm -hmm. Carell wasn't huge, huge at the time. Yeah. But yeah, like Tony Collette and Greg Kinnear, it made over $100 million at the box office. Yeah. Four Weddings and a Funeral. Wait, which one were we talking about? That was Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, Four Weddings and a Funeral million. made $250 million. Yeah. Probably bought for like $5 million. Uh, Crazy. Donnie Darko, actually another very big success story from yes. Sundance as well. Do you have the numbers on that one? I don't. Because that was one where, once again, indie film, but mm -hmm. became a cult classic. Everyone loves that one now. The Blair Witch Project, another yeah. midnight film. It was made for $25,000, and it made almost $250 million. Yeah. Think about that. Someone got the, they definitely got their money's worth on that one. Uh, 500 Days of Summer was a Sundance movie. Yeah. Uh, I know Kent loves that one as well. Another success story. Of course, we talked about Napoleon Dynamite and Whiplash. Uh, mm -hmm. We mentioned Richard Linklater, who did Boyhood. Yes. 
that was a Sundance movie as well. And, and, and Get and, Out as well was a Sundance movie. Get yeah. Out? Yeah, because yeah. Jordan Peele is not a proven director, so he premiered it there. Yeah. Really? And yeah. so these are all Sundance movies that ended up getting like Academy Award. I don't think any of these won, but all of them, got, a bunch of them got nominated at least. But it doesn't always work out that positively. Didn't the studio already have Get Out though? No. Oh, man. So uh, Hamlet 2 was a movie that came out with Steve Coogan. Yeah. And it's like a funny concept, but he's like, hey, we're going to remake Hamlet in high school. Hamlet 2. And it's very irreverent, very kind of bizarre comedy. And the studios were so taken by how shocking and funny it was. They paid $10 million for it and it made under $5 million at the box office. Mm, so it did didn't make their money back. That was just one of the biggest examples of like, maybe the Sundance audience isn't in, or the, right. sun, the Sundance uh, scouts, shall we call them aren't in tune with what the general public likes. So during the Oscars So White controversy of a few years ago, mm-hmm. there's a movie that premiered at the exact same time, because this is about the same time as the Oscars, mm-hmm. uh, called Birth of a Nation. And it was kind of like 12 Years a Slave Again. Mm-hmm. And it sold for $17.5 million, and it made fifteen under $16 million. Mm-hmm. So it totally bombed. Uh, Son of Rambo, which is a pretty funny movie, one. bought for $7 million, made under two. And then even last year, Amazon, who buys a lot of movies, and I'm grateful for it, they bought Late Night, they bought The Report, and Britney Runs a Marathon, all for over $10 million, and like they all failed, and they were just like, oh, we'll just stream them, I guess. Yeah. We'll late, take the late loss. Late Night actually looked pretty good. I actually it's had okay. a couple other yeah. stories like that. Happy Texas, I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah. I did. They bought it for $10 million and it made $2 million at box office. Uh, I, I needed more Steve's on in that movie. Don't uh, we all? Buried, which featured Ryan Reynolds in a box the entire movie, uh, bought for th- uh, $3 million and it only made $1 million at the box office. Yikes. It was okay. And then Me, Earl, and a Dying Girl. Which was one oh, of my favorites. I remember that, that one. Bought yeah. for $12 million. Around, oh, well, they said high seven figures. I think is what that one was. But uh, made only $6 million at the box office. And it's actually a good movie. But just These the studios, public, like I said, they jumped the gun and they're like, people really liked it because it was really sweet. But yeah. they don't know how to market it. No. Yeah. They either release it at the wrong time or they have the wrong advertising. So yeah. what are your favorite movies that came out of Sundance? Should we just go top five, top five, back and forth? Yeah, real quick. Okay. The Bacon so, Sale Way. Yeah, The Bacon Sale Way. Thank you, Jacob. Mm-hmm. I like that. We should trademark that. My number five, I actually gave to Whiplash. Because this is one of those movies that you recommended very highly to me. And yes. I was like watching it for a while. And I'm like, I'm not really digging this. And then it just became an amazing film. And it the is. ending in particular was so horrifying to me and preyed on such primal fears. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it's a movie without a hero, honestly. Like even your protagonist is a self-absorbed masochist, right? And then you get to the J.K. Simmons character, he's played by Miles Teller, the protagonist. And then J.K. Simmons is the, the music teacher, and he is horrifying. So there's like really no one to root for. It's pretty heavy into jazz, but man, this movie is compelling, stunning. It still it gets me. So, yeah. yeah. My number five is Hereditary. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Hereditary. I talk again? about Hereditary so much. What? Honestly, a lot of this list will be. I mentioned in the decade dance shows. You talking about hereditary? Yeah, I, is every it, is show. It, is it five through one? Can't. Yeah, hereditary. Hereditary. Yeah, hereditary. hereditary. yeah, hereditary is. He's is, like, let me tell you about Tony Collette again. It was that shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily Mackey saw this one before, or Emily Hennifer, because she, she got married. I, she did. Uh, she saw this one before me. Probably a couple of days. She says, "You need to see this movie. I can't tell you anything." And I was like, "I'm so grateful that there are no trailers out there." <laughs> and I saw it, and I was so mad at her that my soul was destroyed a little bit. I see. But yeah, totally hereditary. Yeah. I, I should have given a synopsis. I guess we talked about Whiplash and I mean, you get the show before. Uh, my number four would be Sing Street. I've talked about this one a lot before. Yep. Boy growing up in Dublin during the 80s escapes a strained family life by starting a band to impress the mysterious girl he likes. Man, Sundance, huh? Just charming. Mm-hmm. And at this one, the guys in the movie, the kids in the movie, played the songs 
after the movie. They should have gotten nominated for That's Best cool. Original Song. Oh, totally. Drive It Like Wait, You Stole so, like, At the Sundance, they played the songs they played live? the song after the movie. So they do a Q&A, and they're like, uh-huh. hey, we're going to play a couple songs for you. And you're like, you actually sing in the movie? Drive I love you. Drive It Like You Stole It. Drive It Like You Stole It. Run all the bottle. Uh, okay. My number four, it's actually a documentary uh, that came out of Sundance. It's Super Size Me. Oh. I put this on there, and this is one of those where it, this is the one where the guy chooses to eat McDon- nothing but McDonald's for thirty days. Morgan Spurlock is the director. He was unknown. At I'm, that starting, point. I'm starting to believe unknown. in Sundance. The more this goes on, I'm, yeah. like, I'm glad they're here. Yeah, yeah. they got some good stuff out there. And this was one where look, I don't I don't buy everything in this documentary, but the way it's told is so well done as a documentary. Mm-hmm. It's just fun to watch. It's all about McDonald's and you know the horrors of eating McDonald's and all that. This is like twenty years ago at this but point. But it and so it uh, budget was sixty five thousand dollars and it made twenty two point two million dollars. There you go. And it became like this launching point for Morgan Spurlock to do all these other products. We wanted to yeah. Oh, I should mention too the Whiplash. And, and to stop McDonald's from having a supersize me option. Yeah, yeah exactly. It really did. Yeah. It changed mm-hmm. the culture. Uh, yeah. I should mention Whiplash, a uh, budget of $3.3 million, and then it made $49 million, so. And nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my number three, uh, we've already talked about it, and I, I was going to guess if Kent was going to put this on his list, but I chose Memento. Okay. So Memento actually... It's, it's my next one. Oh, is way. it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So Memento actually played at oh, a foreign film festival first, mm-hmm. but then it came through Sundance You mean as well. not Slapdance? Not Slapdance, no. I thought it was Slapdance. Slamdance. Slamdance. <laughs> Slam but dance. now they're going to yeah. start Slapdance slap dance. because of you. <laughs> uh, but if you haven't seen I'll Memento, a man with short-term memory loss attempts to track down his wife's murderer, which is a very simplified version of what happens here. This is a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, starring Guy Pierce, Carrie Ann Moss, and Joe uh, Pantoliano. Imagine being the first crowd that saw this movie and trying to explain it to your friends. Oh, man. Yeah. Be- because So he has tattoos because he has a short-term memory so loss. it plays backwards and forwards <laughs> at the same time. Like it, it's bleach blonde movie. hair. Trinity's there for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Trinity. But like, yeah, but like Kent said... Uh, this is one where he must have it, spent some money on that, though. I mean, because yeah, nine he had million. Trinity and nine million, and yeah. who Guy Pierce is that what it was? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he had his he had his kind of true indie film with following, uh, which is actually not a bad movie. It's not. And then you watch this one, and it's just like leaps and bounds ahead of it. Of like this guy can he really knows how to tell a story? Yeah. And so yeah, well we already said nine million budget made thirty nine point seven million. So that was my number three. Yeah, the same. That was my number three as well. Oh okay. My number two, Joel, you may disagree a little bit. It's before sunrise. Before sunset, I know how much you love this. Before though. midnight, yeah, all three performed at. Uh, they did at Sundance. So here's a weird thing: we talked about Richard Linklater. It's the only place anyone watched him, Joel. <laughs> Richard Linklater, he's like a festival kid. He always comes back because it's where he got his start, and so he's he, he's making these movies for this indie artsy crowd, right? And the reason I chose this one, I didn't see it at Sundance. I saw it on TV, like it was like eleven at night, and I was like, wow, I really like this dialogue, and I just got sucked in, mm-hmm. and then. I remember in 2004, I was walking by the Broadway theater. This is when I wasn't attending Sundance regularly. And I was, I saw a poster for Before Sunset, which is the sequel. I was with the date. And I'm like, so you like put it oh together. my gosh, You're like, there's a sequel to that weird movie I saw late one night. That's so cool. And I'm like, it's the same characters. It's nine years later. They have advanced the story nine yeah. years after. And I thought, that's really cool. And that it movie cool. ends kind of oddly. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, there's no real ending. Nine years after that movie, in 2013... Before Midnight, the third part in this series, and it's they're in their 40s. These characters who are in their 20s, 30s, and now 40s are continuing life. And 2022, I expect to see a fourth one in the series. Probably Ethan so. Hawke and Before Julie Delpy. The, the dialogue in this movie taught me more than a film class could. I love Before Sunrise and its sequels because I think it's so smart. Nothing much what's happens the, in the What's the, the next one going to be titled, though? That's the real question. It's like uh, Before Dawn of the Dead. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, before sunrise. It's going to be, be, on, gonna be before long. Yeah. Uh, my number two is actually Napoleon Dynamite. This probably one I'm surprised this is not number one. It came close. Okay. Because I really do love this movie. As much as it was endlessly quoted and so tired for a while there, it's kind of now that the hype has kind of died down, mm-hmm. I still go back and love watching it. Now, here's the thing, Jacob. I'm ready. The short that this was based on called Paluca, P-E-L-U-C-A, actually premiered at the 2003 Slamdance Film Slap Festival. Slamdance. So they had it at Slam Dance. Slap Dance. It's, it's nine minutes long. It's black and white. And I remember seeing it mm-hmm. at BYU because I was at BYU oh, that's cool. when this was going on. And in fact, I remember talking to John Heater in the editing lab. He was really? he was like the, the TA at the editing lab. Okay. And I, wa- and I like, so walked in. To he did do- not expect to be a star or anything? No. At this point, well, at this point, it was like just a short film that had played at, a BYU, at Slam Dance, which was cool. Yeah. Slam and then Dance. they played it at BYU at a couple. I was in film classes. And I remember talking to him and being like, hey, I saw Palooka. I thought it was great. Good job. And then he's like, oh, thanks, man. You know, they're actually looking to make a live action movie about it. That was a terrible John Heater impersonation. <laughs> Gosh. Well, no, no, no. Way better than the actual impression. <laughs> uh, but then he was like, yeah, they're going to make a, a feature length film out of it. And I was like, how are they going to do that? Because the, the short is very, very simple. Even having seen Napoleon Dynamite, I thought, how did they do that? Yes. Oh, it how is. did they stretch it, it out? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how did this become a movie? Like, yeah. you like, look at the clock. You're like, did that really just run for like 90 minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why am so I quoting every line? The budget for Palooka, the short film, which you can find online, I believe, was $500. Napoleon Dynamite only cost them $400,000, which in in film is not a lot. Yeah. And then they made $46.1 million. So, wow. uh, I'm going to say 100 times their budget. It became a cultural icon. Like it really did shift comedy for a little bit in 2004. Yeah. People kind of go for that kind of otherworldly, bizarre type of comedy. And even Jared Hess has never matched the the amazingness of this one. Yeah. So. Yeah, Napoleon Dynamite's number two. Do you want to do honorable mentions or do you want to do number I have, ones? Yeah, let's do honorable mentions honorable real mentions. quick. I have so many. And in, these are more movies I want people to recognize. Fast these, these, are all movies, are from. these are all movies that came out at Sunday. We've mentioned most. Like, for example, we mentioned Saw and, you know, Blair Witch Project. Yeah. But um, Manchester by the Sea, I mentioned Brooklyn was a great Sundance movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Big Sick, Moon, 28 Days Later, Heathers, Man on Wire, so many good ones. Once American Psycho, with a witch and run Lola run. If you haven't seen that movie, go see it. I really it's German. It. Uh, and my honorable mentions, we've, like we said, we've talked about a lot of these already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned little miss sunshine. Uh, take shelter was actually oh, was. A, okay. a sentence movie. Thank you for smoking. A surprisingly good it's movie. Great. Uh, moon whiplash. Oh, not whiplash. I already put that in there. Uh, brick in bruges and man on wire. All these came from Sundance and they're all real good. Yeah. Uh, but my number one All right. uh, is from Sundance that made it to Sundance. We've already talked about it so much. It was made on a budget, a very small budget, and was the most profitable film for a long time running. It was the Blair Witch Project. Okay. That wow, was my number yeah. one because I... Most profitable Sundance film, you mean? M- most profitable movie, meaning Ever. the lowest budget for the oh, highest right, right, box right, right. office. Has it been beaten now by yes. Paranormal? Yes, Paranormal Activity blew it out of the water. Because oh, it was really? like 15 yeah. grand or something. Yeah. Something like that. But the, those found footage movies. Yeah. Well, let's make one, actually. The, the let's fact do it. That, for that money. So Blair Witch Project, I mean, the fact that it is about student filmmakers mm-hmm. and they're making a student film. And so they could be completely low budget and not really show anything. And yet it was terrifying. I don't get how they pulled it off, to be honest, because people saw it. It's the found footage thing. It's because well, they got the, the whole cultural phenomenon of well, it being real. Yeah. Remember how the, everyone thought it was a snuff film, but it was released at the festival. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people were like, that was strange and maybe didn't know how to tell their friends because even months later mm-hmm. when it was released to theaters, it was sold as a true movie. Yeah. Right. Whereas yeah. you think people that saw it before, granted the internet was very new. Well, mm-hmm. 
I couldn't really say, yeah, that's fake. So I remember being in, in Portugal, so overseas, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing the posters out there that said three student filmmakers went missing. This is their film. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrifying. It's great marketing. Yes, and that's I remember really what it is. Very it's, a, it's a demonstration in the power of marketing. Yeah. So Blair Witch Project is one, and I put it as number one only because that one was such a uh, rags to riches type story where mm-hmm. they made it on a shoestring and then became a cultural phenomenon and spawned, you know, a number of crappy sequels. But it's become like such a horror icon. Yes. Whereas Napoleon Bonaparte, great it's, movie, I still love it. But I don't know. They're, I would say back and forth. its effect of that movie primarily, I would say that almost half of the submissions for movies are horror films. It's these directors trying to make something on the cheap and get a little bit of money to make their next project for maybe a million dollars. And that there are so many midnight movies. Once again, you can't vote on which ones are best. They don't get awards. But these generally are picked up because they're that cheap. Yeah. Exactly. And so and I love this. I love hmm. the, the genre and the category. Yeah. So, Kent, your number one? My number one Can is five, just... 500 Days of Summer. Ah, I uh, should have guessed that. Yeah. There are a lot of these movies that don't seem like indie films because of the cast. Mm-hmm. Like Zoe Deschanel. She was eh, big-ish. And that guy you missed only by 10 minutes. By 10 minutes! And Joseph <laughs> Gordon-Levitt. And they're both charming. This movie is so smart. I wish I was in the crowd to see this one for the first time. It would have been a real... It would have been bragging rights for me. That's a good question, though. Have you... Did you... Were you in the crowd on any big movies that ended up going big afterwards? Do you remember any? The ones we mentioned, the ones I've seen. That would, you saw at Sundance is what I mean. Would be Sing Street, would be Hereditary, Manchester by the Sea. Oh, and 28 Days Later, it was also a Sundance movie. I didn't saw, see that one, unfortunately. Yeah. But no, they've been recent movies that I would have seen that I think are big. Right. But haven't had the legacy yet over years. Because that, that, I, I have to admit... That if I were one of the first people to sit in the audience and witness something like Blair Witch Project mm-hmm. or even Napoleon Dynamite, like I kind of got that with the Palooka thing. But yes. Just being there and being like, I was there first, part of this cultural phenomenon would be a cool feeling. For example, when I saw Sing Street, it was 2016 and I walked out of that movie singing Riddle of the Model mm-hmm. and it was in my head and I thought, oh man, I want to download that soundtrack. Of course, it doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. it exists. No, it's not for sale. And then it took about six months for that movie to actually be released. So I could actually be like... This is the movie I've been loving for six months, and now yeah. I can finally listen to the music again. And it was just like warming to see it again. No, so there, are, there are those moments where you're like, I see why you love that so much because you had so much like you know uh, gestational time with it. Yes, you're like, I love this, <laughs> thing. and I've been like, I can't to, wait till you love baby. You, you crave it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You crave it with your your Sundance goggles. Yeah, yeah. And then you revisit. I'm like, oh, it was okay, but sometimes you're like, oh, it's home again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So there you go. So, Ken, any other tips, tricks, or advice for anyone who wants to go to Sundance or has considered it or... Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Bring cash, bring friends, and make sure you know where to park. It would be fun to like... uh, No, honestly, I think it'd be fun to like just have a group of friends and be like, hey, let's go people watch yes or even let's go see a movie or two yeah how much does yeah. crap cost up there it's like yeah do they jack up the prices yeah, you want some hot chocolate they do 15 dollars. yeah parking is about is 20 to 40 dollars per mm-hmm. spot cash only uh, yeah actually oh yeah and then find Jeez. out which theater you're going to find the closest possible spot find the shuttle and probably bring food actually my advice go to burger king right in the center of downtown park city and it's still regular burger king prices oh. that's where i go <laughs> but because <laughs> i can tolerate that food mm-hmm. now have you gone up to the sundance resort and seen anything actually at i have sundance? No. is that where they do the awards though is that nope. sundance they, nope. do in park city? they only do about one or two shows a night there it's really private because it's basically robert redford's estate 
Really? Like it's a ski lodge, but yeah, that, it's very limited. I yeah, thought that's like a little restaurant up there. Yeah. And then, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's beautiful up there. No, I've actually been there. I performed up there with Yeah, but, but, but not a lot of people go for the festival. You, yeah. can, you can always get tickets to that one. You just have to take that extra drive. Wow. Hmm. My biggest advice, if you've never gone, see one or two movies max. Pick your movies, but don't let it sour you. How do you pick your movies? You wait for you, the first weekend. But I'm saying, where do you and find And you the, find someone you trust on Twitter. Right. Whether it's me or whether you have a national critic telling you, this is good. I'm your bellwether. And then uh, find that movie and go see it. But even if you see two bad movies and you've spent $40, don't let that sour you the next year. Try again. You'll probably find something Where you can like. they find the, like, the synopses of the movies that are playing? Uh, the Sundance.org site. Basically, any movie site will have reviews coming out day of release. Okay. Up there. Yes. All right. So there you go. Interesting. That's been our kind of review of uh, our, our explanation, our discussion yeah. of Sundance. Yeah. And as a hipster, like who enjoys Sundance, I would like people to come enjoy it. And so like, tell me about movies I missed so I can be excited for them six months or eight months down the road. That makes sense. Yeah. It's all yeah. part of the experience. Yeah. And we so kind of like I said, I feel like I'm like, I have a new appreciation for Sundance. Like Joel, do you feel like that way? You're like, I'm glad it's here. Like what, what's your opinion on this? Does it like, feel accessible? Well, is it accessible? Is it valuable? Should it exist? Yes. All three. All three? Yes. I think I think in its existing like its previous form, yes. In its current form, it's kind of become just another studio churning movie machine. But yes. I still feel like it's an avenue for people and I don't know. I I, I probably will never go there because like I said, it's crowded, it's expensive, and it's far away. <laughs> Yeah, I hate, so, I hate being around in, celebrities. They always want to talk to me. In many ways, <laughs> you guys won't have to because Netflix is buying movies day of and releases them three days later. Jeez. Truthfully. Yeah. So but, sometimes but you can get the new movie experience at home. That being That's said, crazy. I loved like the, the film festivals they had at BYU, for example. They had like all these mini just, you know, campus film festivals. Yeah. And it was just fun to go see like these these people, different takes on different stories and all that. And so I enjoy that aspect of it. I enjoy seeing something new. But it really like the content is one of those things where I'm like, I don't know what you I'm going to get. It doesn't give a PG 13 rated R nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't even know until like you hear people talk about it. Like, Oh my gosh, the, the piano wire scene was so disturbing. <laughs> Do they have like extreme content? Does there have to be things like that? You'll generally know by the, so in, if, if there's someone, like prawns or whatever you were calling it earlier. Yeah. 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 Well, there's no, there was one movie. I uh, probably shouldn't mention it, but there was one movie not too long ago that was raked across the coals because it was very graphic and didn't kind of prep the audience for what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And they kind of got after it. It's like, this is violence against women and da, 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 you should have done this. And it kind of got shunned yeah. after that. Yes. So word so of it's mouth basically just, it. Yeah, word of mouth. Yeah. And it's so comment. funny. We didn't talk about this, but seeing people walk out of screenings because I can't leave a movie. I just can't. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people probably. Oh, then you mean leave in the middle of it for controversial movies or movies they just don't care for or they have to run and go to another movie because they don't like this one. I will see maybe a dozen people walk out of those and it, they're they paid 20 bucks. They loudly they know they loudly walk out to make a point. And uh -huh. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, and we should bring up that as well. I mean, sorry, jumping back to this, but after the movie, how often is there a Q and a with the directors and the actors first weekend, almost every time, even in salt Lake, oh. which is nice when the directors <laughs> and actors will come to salt Lake. Cause they're generally in park city to hobnob. Right. Right. But if they come to Salt Lake, it, you actually appreciate them more because they made that extra drive. Right. It's sure. Way, it's on the way to the airport. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Maybe it was convenient for them. But you're like, thanks. I didn't expect this. So if you go the first four or five days, there's probably a 70% chance you'll get the main cast and the director. One thing we didn't talk about either. Oh, well, but uh, yeah. 
So uh, one thing we didn't talk about, I should probably bring up, is that some of my friends uh, would actually go up there and work the Sundance Film Festival as drivers yes. or as uh, basically valets or... Uh, Concert ushers. Yeah, ushers is what I was thinking of. And they'll do that so they can get in and see these screenings. And I think they get a, disc- a few free tickets or a discount and stuff like and that. And you will meet celebrities if you volunteer. A buddy of mine, uh, well, mm-hmm. Will Rubio, mm-hmm. uh, he's uh, on Random Acts, yes. uh, BYU show. Uh, he does his own podcast and things like that. But he actually has an interview of him driving Mandy Patinkin for, uh, to, I think, to the airport. Yeah. And he actually interviews him on the way there and got in trouble for it because you're not supposed to, as a driver, you're not supposed to do that. You'll get but Mandy Patinkin was very nice. So cool. Yeah. Like, he's the six-fingered man from uh, uh, Princess Bride. Oh, okay. no, excuse me. He's Inigo Montoya, who oh, goes after the six so close. Yeah. Whoa, Christopher man. Guest. Inigo Montoya. Christopher Guest, yeah. Yes. He was okay. the six man. But yeah, but it's just a cool little video he had because he's just driving slowly around. He's like, yeah, I just drove Catherine O'Hara around and I just drove Manny Patinkin around. Like he'll kind of talk about it and all that. But mm-hmm. some people will do that. You, you can do that. You can get a job there and then get some free tickets as well if you just mm-hmm. want to kind of be a part of it. So anyway. Yeah. Throw that in cool. there. Yeah. So if anyone goes, let us know. Send us your reviews because I do want to hear. Yeah, because we're not going to be able to see them all. Yeah. And these guys won't be able to see any. But no, I will. No. I think uh, Emily will join me for a wrap up. And yeah, so check out her over. site. She does a great Sundance uh, recap as well. Yeah. Movies and Mayhem. Yes, exactly. It's her blog. Okay. But before we go, I would like to thank our patrons. So first we have the I Am The Listeners. And that's Terry Finley, Stephen Ross, Adrian Gray, Chris Drought, Braden Winterton, Spencer Larson, Crew Dutler, Colton Cook, Jennifer Kilkowski, and Arsenal. Thank you. Also, we have our Bacon Council, which is Nicole D. Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, Mats Mudro, Mats, and Reverse Listener. Thank you, everyone. We really do appreciate it. And if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center and sometimes at the Sundance Resort. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to QuickWits' Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, especially about Sundance, it's at ShowtimeShowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers and Bacon Sale on Twitter and on Instagram at Bacon Sale. As we mentioned before, go to Patreon.com slash Bacon Sale and support us. We would love to uh, let you hear about uh, Kent's weird dating story (laughs) uh, from last week. Uh, It's definitely worth those $3. Also, TPublic.com slash Bacon Sale. You can go get some merchandise for Bacon Sale, which is very cool as well. So until next time, we'll be missing Joseph Gordon-Levitt by 10 minutes. Chief life, chief life. This is how it works. They guilt men into sending them money. What is wrong with me? Karate Kid 2 is the better Karate Kid movie. The lifeboat farting thing. Yeah. Also known as the lifeboat farting thing. <laughs> he was thinking the Butch Film Festival. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, technically, it loves attending that one as well. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's sad. You get this emotionally. I mean, if anything, I'm just like. How many sneezes was that? Crap. Bastille. I was born out of time. I don't know the lyrics. But if you close your eyes, hey, oh, but if you close hey, your eyes, hey, hey, oh, hey, oh. Hello, 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 hello. Hey, just listen to that. I am here. He needs to know that I'm here too, Joel. Okay. Come on. No, don't, don't notice me. <laughs> What's it like watching you dance? Oh, it's awful. Joel's Joel, coming over don't, don't do it, to Joel. give me a hug. Oh, Joel's really doing it. Right now. Oh, oh my gosh. Things. He broke uh, everything. 
knocking. Okay, uh, okay, here we go. It's a Joseph Gordon-Levitt hug. It's a Joseph Gordon-Levitt hug. Uh, let the record show Joel literally went and hugged him. I'll take it. I care to go see the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm there for film. Guys, I missed Joseph Not- Gordon-Levitt by 10 minutes, but I was there for the film. <laughs> I was at that dance gonna be on his, for like, his the gravestone. film. I missed Joseph Gordon-Levitt by, by 10, 10 minutes. minutes. <laughs> that's going to be on my grave? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your claim to fame. No, not directly. Real celebrities. (laughs) These are real celebrities. Paris Hilton. I just saw the most interesting short film. I'm not here for the actors. It showed a pinky toe the entire time. Have you seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I I feel I missed him (laughs) ten minutes ago. You missed Joseph Gordon-Levitt? It cost me $100,000 to make. People who don't have... A platform such as Bacon Sale upon which to give their reviews of these movies and films. Sorry, films. Talk about your mom first. Let's talk about my mom. Paper voting, paper, paper voting. money. Yes. Kind of backwards places. <laughs> From that, math actually get bought. Slam dance, no dance, slum dance, it dance, X dance, lap dance, trauma dance. You call yourselves indie? To double down on the Indian, get weird. Drive it like you, you stole it. Drive it like you stole it. Bring all the ball. Check it with this yawn voice. That was great. That's funny. <laughs> oh, Rondo. Oh, Rondo. Give said the little stream. But if you close your eyes, it's time to start the show. But if you close your eyes, so glad I'm recording.